Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Firstly, a quick announcement. I get a lot of people contacting me asking how they can work with me. So this is a little plug to let you know that I offer a range of services to vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs. From online training and group coaching to PR, content creation and copywriting services and one-on-one tailored individual private consultations. So if you're wanting help to promote or grow your vegan business, brand, product, service, book or other creative project, head over to veganbusinessmedia.com and click on the work with me menu link for more details. Now for the main part of the show. I'm joined today by Doran Peterson. Now, Doran has been on the show before, and you can check out her previous episode, which was from back in 2017. So, Doran opened Sticky Fingers Sweets and Eats back in 1999, drawing on her degree in dietetics from the University of Maryland and years of experience working in restaurants. In 2010, she grew Sticky Fingers to include wholesale distribution at grocers in Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. She also opened an online Sticky Fingers store that ships sweets and merchandise nationwide across the U.S. In 2016, Doran opened Farewell, a plant-based diner, bakery, and bar. She's a two-time Food Network Cupcakes War winner and author of the Sticky Fingers Sweets and Eats cookbook. Welcome back to the show, Doran. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to catch up with you because I think, I believe the last time we spoke, it was um, early 2017. I think you'd only recently launched Farewell. So now here we are three years on. Um, tell us a bit about how the businesses have evolved over the past three years. Wow. Um, so Sticky Fingers is my first little baby and uh, it's always, I've always tried to kind of bend it into this bakery cafe and explore and expand the savory side of items. So like, you know, sandwiches, salads, soups, but it's really the bakery that still, um, that everybody that it's known for, right? That's what really people think about sticky fingers. They think about the bakery side of things and it really is becoming predominantly a bakery. Uh, we're now, um, we've put everything online and it is this I, virtual business, I guess. It's not quite, um, you know, we still have a storefront that you can walk into and pick up items, but we don't have a sit down area anymore. Um, so really trying to create this very small footprint of a store and a larger production side so that we can expand our offerings and expand our reach. So going back into the wholesale realm. Uh, We never really left, but we slowed it down once um, I opened Farewell. Um, So that is really kicking up. Um, We just signed on with a distributor that will 
get us spread out into the mid-Atlantic area and northern Atlantic area. So I'm really excited about that. Um, that's great. So when you say you, you've, um, you've still got the shorefront, but you've kind of, instead of having, you know, like the full-on kind of eat-in experience, was that, did you do that like before? Because we'll talk in a, in a minute about, you know, the impact of COVID-19. Did you do that before the, the pandemic hit or as a result of it? Yeah, we started doing that beforehand. Um, I had heard about the, um, you know, a lot of businesses that are opening without storefronts, without brick and mortars, or m- opening multiple businesses from one location to try and get more more bang from your buck and a farther reach. Um, you know, people get excited about something when it's new, it fizzles out. So just having this idea that you know, if we're going to stay in this for the long haul, which we've already been here for a pretty long time, if we're going to keep up with all the kids out there, uh, we we really have to um, figure out how we can expand our reach and stay vibrant and relevant, as they say. So we had started pulling back on the, I shouldn't say pulling back, we started really moving forward with our online sales and offerings, being able to purchase, um, order your cakes online, order any mail order online and really becoming a full service retail bakery, but online. So really having a virtual experience that started last year, we started putting that in motion and we pushed the last few steps, which probably would have taken us three or four months. We pushed it into like two weeks when COVID hit. Um, Things slowed down, of course, people were canceling weddings and canceling birthdays. So we, you know, still had a, still have a following and still have, you know, people who are looking for the, the comfort food and definitely looking for, you know, a vegan sweets breaks from the day. But the business slowed down um, a lot more than we had expected. In any other type of situation, we've always kept pretty pretty steady. I'll, I'll say like, you know, there were some issues early on, actually right around the the recession in 2008, where we had caution tape basically in front of uh, the doors to our store. They were redoing the sidewalk and we had the caution tape up in front of our store for like six months and it business came to a halt. Wow. And that was when we had, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, they were expanding the sidewalks and they don't put any provisions in for to support the businesses or small businesses while they're expanding sidewalks. They just put up caution tape. So we had people that couldn't get into our store, couldn't access it or it wasn't safe. And that was when we had originally launched wholesale with another business that is close by. They kind of, you know, put their arm around me and showed me the way and and they have a grocery store. Compassionate Corner, uh, Great Page. They have a restaurant, um, and they also have, uh, like I said, a grocery store. They have two actually, and we started packaging our products and selling them from their grocery stores, and then expanded from there. And that was, like I said, in 2008. That was the original impetus for starting the wholesale, um, and that has evolved. That's a whole other business, but that has evolved as well, and. Now, along with COVID, we're really, or because of COVID, we're really focusing and doubling down on the wholesale. All of these things were already in motion. So I'm really lucky to have a business that was already set up so that we could kind of 
just turn slightly or push in certain areas where um, we could excel rather than having to recreate our entire business. Mm. Sticky Fingers is really lucky like that. So now with people kind of wanting to get back to the day-to-day, gatherings starting to happen again, our sales are pretty strong. The online sales, people have gotten used to it. Um, We're doing a lot of um, customer education and teaching people how to use, you know, what to look for and where on the website. So there's a lot of communication happening. But we're really lucky that we were already set up to just to to offer products for delivery and pickup. Yeah, cool. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But I want to ask you about what about farewell? Is that still running, or and how is that that how has that kind of developed over the past three years? (laughs) Yeah. So farewell over the past three years, I had this great vision where everything would be made by hand, and I mean everything from your meats to your cheeses to your breads to your soda. Um, syrups, everything would be made by hand. And that's a little bit ambitious, especially when you're trying to meet a certain price point. I would say a lot ambitious. So I learned a lot. Um, The original team that I started with uh, trickled out in about five months, give or take. So that was kind of a shock. I didn't expect to start with one team and not have them still part of the the restaurant family. and being in kind of, I guess, the, the vegan bubble and the animal rights world bubble, I didn't expect that to happen. So those connections, losing those connections were very jarring for me. The people were really important to me personally and important to my business. But it was the first time where I really had a personnel shift that was big. Um, and it took me a while to recover. Uh, it right. took me, you know, just I had to just relearn the operations side of things and, or I should say, learn the operations side of things while trying to hire people to fill positions while trying to develop this restaurant. So, so did they leave, like, was it just because hospitality is just very transient and they just kind of had different things? Oh my gosh. And- there were so many different reasons. You could name one and, I mean, just pick a reason and that would have been the reason for one person. Some right, people were done right. with it. Some people had illnesses. Some people just had enough, you know, and then there were definitely people that once we started working together in the restaurant setting, um, it's very different, you know, than the bakery setting. Things are very different. Than it, the dynamic is very different. Um, and we we didn't mesh anymore. And that was a huge learning curve for me. I can like, imagine, yeah. <laughs> really pulling my, I mean, it's everything I do is mission-based, so it feels very personal. So really having to pull my person out of it and be like, okay, I'm, I'm running a business now. And like, it's never felt right for me not to have my business part of who I am. And I really learned how there are areas, like just the boundaries, like how to separate certain areas and not, you know, and, and, but still keep that family fun feel and still be a considerate and caring individual and still work with people. I love people. I love people so much. I, it's a curse and a blessing, but (laughs) I, I really enjoy people. I wouldn't choose this to go into if I didn't, I really like customer service, which sounds really 
corny and cheesy, but I do. It's great. I really think that With more people will need more business owners saying that I, <laughs> and implementing well, it. <laughs> I, I think it's it's going to be a lost art soon. You know, it's in so many different dynamics and ways. It's a very difficult um, aspiration, but trying to find the ways where we can make changes so that we're still offering service and we're offering. Uh, I guess, a service that we are proud of and offering ex- an experience that we're excited to be a part of is different now that we don't have people sitting in our shop and, you know, eating brunch with us, eating dinner with us, celebrating birthdays. It's hard. It's sad. It's yeah. frustrating. Um, it's different. Farewell so, is open for pickup and delivery. Oh, for pickup. Is that, and that's because of COVID. So will you reopen for sit down like once things start to change? We hope, yeah, of course. Yeah, yes, right. Absolutely. So farewell is still basically a dinery, but you had to do the 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 pivot to just uh, takeaway and delivery for the for the moment. Yeah, okay. and because of the experience with Sticky Fingers, we were set up to quickly make that transition. There are, of course, some overlapping dishes, like we have lasagna at each place, and you know maybe there's pizza at both places. But being able to pivot to made to order. Um, making kits available, some mixes available, and 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 putting that in the forefront rather than just a hot sit down meal um, has really been the focus. And it's strong. It's strong, but it's it w- it's as strong as it was before we closed our sit down service because of COVID. So if you divide the restaurant up into three different areas, right? You have your you know, sit down and you have your people who are um, ordering, like coming in to order and taking it with them. And then people who are ordering offsite and having it delivered, coming in to pick up and ordering offsite are a little bit stronger than they had been previous to COVID. But we've lost all of our sit down service. And that's 60% of our business. So. Wow. Wow. So has the yeah. takeaway and the delivery, has that kind of made up for it or you're just kind of getting by and waiting until, you know, kind of riding it out? Um, it's kind of a mixture of both. We are coming up with new things and trying to, you know, do different programming and um, different offerings to excite people and um, keep people interested in what we do while also trimming as much as we can and waiting it out. I don't want to trim it to the point where it's a completely different operation, but it seems like this is going to be a little bit longer than we expected. When we first opened, the concept was bakery, diner, bar, and there's this, in that bakery is this deli aspect, right? So we have salads and cheeses. Uh, We can still capture that. We can still hone in on that and offer those things so that it's a little bit different than what we were doing previous to COVID. Um, The bakery itself when, or I'm sorry, the farewell itself when, you know, after we opened the sit down service, the engagement, people bringing in friends, sitting with, you know, family coming and hanging out, like that was really became the, the, the bread and butter, so to speak, of the restaurant. So we really focused on that sit-down service. And now we're kind of 
pivoting slightly again, almost backtracking and saying like, okay, well, right now we're really going to push this did the deli side of what we do. And now's a chance to play with some recipes and try some new things that maybe we had put on the back burner or even forgotten about and uh, bring them back to the forefront. Right. I love that. Because I remember when we when we spoke before, I think you had some like celebrities because you're in DC. You had I think you had Cory Booker had, had visited and uh, uh, I remember it was all uh, all very exciting. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a very I'm not very good at names at all. Um, I'm going to forget. I'll have to like end up describing who they were. But like <laughs> Cory, Cory Booker doesn't live far from Farewell and he would come in often and bring people and, you know, bring in his girlfriend and people would get every single time people would get excited. It was so lovely to see. And he's such a sweet guy. Like every single time somebody would want a picture, he would do it. He would Aww. never be like, um, I'm hard. I'm hungry. And I have to be <laughs> like, I'm got to get my pancakes. No, he was just always really engaging with the people and very, very sweet. So in terms of, I know you said obviously that, you know, because of, you know, you haven't been able to have the sit in, uh, are you finding that there's the, is it more tricky to market, I guess, to, to people because they're not kind of coming in or they're walking by, you know, sometimes people kind of forget. How are you managing to stay kind of top of mind if someone's, you know, maybe working at their desk or working at home in the air and they think, oh, you know, I want a pancake or I want a, you know, a cake of some kind, oh, I'll order from Sticky Fingers. So I'm just curious whether you've, you know, changed your marketing or shifted your, your marketing practices to kind of to remain top of mind to make up for the fact that you're not getting the walk in trade as much. Yeah, we have we're we kind of well, I'm tripping over my words, but we just kind of did what we were doing and we're relying on our local customers to support us. Social media, of course, uh, is our you know, the, the biggest way that we have to communicate with um, our customers and our guests, but really starting to use the third party platforms, which are also a blessing and a curse, you know, they can really reach and access p- different people, you know, people who are looking to dine and eat different places, but it's at an expense, it's at a cost, uh, it changes the expectation of, of the restaurant. Um, I don't love it. But what do you mean it changes the expectation of the restaurant? Um, so when you come in, it changes the way that you create a dish. It changes the way that you cook a dish. It changes the way that you mix it. So, for instance, we have a dish that's chilaquiles where it's just think breakfast nachos. It has roasted poblano peppers and a rojo sauce and black beans sautéed with tofu scramble on top of house fried chips and you get it hot and it just starts to get a little bit soggy as it sits, you know, as it gets brought to your table. And like, it's the perfect combination of salt and spice and crunch. And it's just so good. I love it so much. I eat it, it all the time. It sounds lovely. <laughs> it's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it doesn't, the chips have to be kept separate because it'll get too soggy. We don't know how far it's going necessarily in somebody's car or bike. Um, and then it might get to you. Oh, cold, yes. You know, I see you what you mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Milk, gotcha. Milkshakes, coffee, stuff like that definitely has a different uh, right. has a different shelf life in this type of environment. So it, yeah. it changes what we're able to offer a little bit. 
Yeah, right. no, I get that. Yeah, essentially, because I I order um like I support that we've got an all vegan um burger place here, so I've I've been supporting them by and obviously helping myself, you know, by by having it delivered. But it is it's like like a couple of times it's arrived and it's pretty much cold. But I'm kind of like, you know, what can you expect? Do you know what I mean? It's you know they've done their yeah. best to wrap it. They use sustainable packaging, so I guess it's around that customer expectation as well, isn't it? Because I'm kind of like very understanding. Like I'm just so grateful because I'm not someone who enjoys being in the kitchen so I'm really grateful for you know something to be delivered <laughs> to my door and you know and so I've just kind of shifted my expectation I'm like okay it's probably not going to be as warm as it is it's still going to be tasty and I enjoy it but yeah I, I get what you're saying that it, that is quite tricky it's a different experience like you say from when it's served fresh in the restaurant but have you found yeah. that most customers have been fairly understanding of that and realize it's, uh... 99% of people are extremely patient oh, right now good. like I have nobody's complained about their cold soggy fries but <laughs> <laughs> their and I'm sure they are not perfect by the time they get them but uh, you know if there if there's a real problem of course people still let us know like if something yeah. fell apart or if something wasn't you know I don't know if cooked properly or you know like just your standard sure. restaurant issues. yeah of course yeah um, we have an amazing support system and an amazing group of guests and and clientele I guess who are just love the love the restaurant industry and appreciate it as much as we do um and and want it to come back soon but with that being said we're all like just trying it's noisy out there right now everybody's trying to figure out how to um tell people what they're doing without yelling too loud and also you know keep keeping up your own stamina in the process um it's for lack of a better term it, it's everybody's in a slog right now right like it's one foot in front of the other and we're gonna when it's over we'll all have we'll all know exactly how we should have done it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure tell us a little bit about because the whole I mean even since 2017 you know like the the, the vegan the plant-based uh, sector I mean it's just booming you know sales of plant-based meat you know there's you know major companies getting major investment I mean it's really kind of kicking off so in from a, a hospitality point of view what's you would have been uh what's in your opinion what what have the perceptions uh towards plant-based eating been like how have they changed over the past few years we see so many new faces even now uh people coming in saying that you know they're trying to go vegan and they heard about our place and they're going to order some stuff to go like there are still people who are interested and everything is not just standing still people are still evolving and still you know looking for healthier options or looking looking for a change, looking to see, you know, when you hear like the environment has, has caused, you know, the environment has affected the way that COVID happened. And people are like, what, how, what, how, do, what do you mean? Like, and then you start talking about factory farming. The majority of the public doesn't know that there is a link between factory farming and the spread of a pandemic or that, you know, there are SARS outbreaks in our in our country on a regular basis. They're just contained or have been up until recently. And it's um it's not you know mass media it's not mass media or mass produced information. It's not out there for the general public and there's reason, right? Like it it affects areas that are very large uh, parts of our economy. 
and it's in the, whether it's the government, I know this sounds a little like conspiracy theory, but whether it's the government or whether it's the companies or the lobbyists, like there, there is a reason why things are downplayed and right. yeah, you can't, you, you can't downplay this. Um, For I mean, sure. So you're finding that more people are kind of curious or gravitating towards plant-based both for health reasons and um, environmental reasons, particularly and oh, then maybe animal ab- welfare on top. Absolutely. And right. it's not it's not just where I think in the past it was just kind of like young kids, like it was the younger kids that are like, you know, figuring stuff out and making change. Like now we have people that are just I mean, any, anybody and everybody are coming in and saying like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm looking to make a change and your menu looked fun, right? Like everybody knows where to get or how to get healthier options and they know how to um, go on a diet per se, but to really incorporate a vegan lifestyle, like how do you do it and how do you still get to eat food that's fun? And that's what I'm here for. Yeah, nice. Now, more kind of mainstream, just, you know, regular restaurants have started to offer vegan and plant-based options. And I've heard a couple of, uh, you know, uh, people talking about this. And one part have said, well, actually, it's making an impact on the independent vegan or plant-based restaurant, you know, the ones that are all vegan and plant-based, because, you know, more people are now going to these mainstream restaurants because they can, can eat. And then there's another side of it, of course, is that, yeah, but it's kind of helping more people to eat vegan and plant-based. So I'm curious, what's been the, what are you, what's your take on that? And, and what's been your experience with both sticky fingers and and farewell now that we're seeing more and more regular restaurants adding plant-based options oh yeah here in dc i mean every pizza place offers a vegan alternative or substitute um once beyond an impossible burger came out you know almost every restaurant offers something like that um it I think the day that Burger King offered the impossible Whopper, that was like, <laughs> our sales were horrible. That day. Really? They just, were? Oh, everybody well. was just excited to try this really inexpensive version of a very expensive um, meat alternative. And, you know, trying to explain to people like why you can get a Whopper for $6, but it's more expensive on our menu. And, you know, <laughs> really explaining to them like how economy works. I never thought that would be my job, but um, it does have an impact, but at the same time, it makes people more open to, uh, to the offering, right? It makes people more open to the option. So yes, people going into a mainstream restaurant and there's an option on the menu that is for the people that the mainstream eaters, that is, it's for the people, the mainstream eaters who are bringing a vegan person in with them, right? Or somebody who is vegetarian or somebody who doesn't eat meat or, you know, like that is for the fringe. I am for the fringe to bring in their mainstream to show them that it can be done on an entire level. Right. So yeah. there's still there's still a place for vegan businesses. You have to change a little bit. You have to, sure, make, you know, make the offerings a little bit different, mix it up here and there. I will say that, the Impossible and the Beyond Burger are still huge sellers uh, at Farewell with Sticky Fingers because the, you know, we're really known as a bakery first and foremost. Yes, places uh, around where the bakery is have an effect on um, 
on our sales of savory items, right? That has definitely reduced over the years, but the the bakery side of things are still really strong. So I think it just kind of depends on, yeah. on what you're offering. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a case of, uh, you know, a lot of business, they've got to change up things. And I think it's a mixture of changing up things so that you've got something unique, even if you're, you know, offering a similar type of product. Um, But also, like you said, actually educating customers about why you as a small independent you know business you know is helping the environment you know you're treating your staff well you know you're not exploiting people and uh you know you're kind of doing your part and i think sometimes when people realize that they're willing to pay more a certain percentage of you know of of customers will pay more because they get the feel goods rather than supporting you know these big fast food chains that are doing you know awful things to people animals and planet so i think it is kind of partly that education side as well as you say you know offering uh unique products and uh, right. venues so yeah well, I like your distinction of what you said though that you know you're <laughs> the place for the vegans to bring their their mainstream friends and the other places are kind of the mainstream maybe it's obviously a mix of the two but that was that was actually quite a yeah. nice distinction um so over these three so over these you know past three years since we've spoken how's the business been funded to date I believe when we last spoke you've been predominantly um self-funded I believe but um because obviously now there's lots of investors looking to invest in businesses is that something you're thinking about or have thought about or what's your sort of situation there um I Wow. My, I guess, five-year goal is very different than it was five years ago. (laughs) Um, But it's been funded by, I took out a loan originally, and I took out a very small, um, probably about 10, oh my gosh. Yeah, about 10% was investors, like friends and family investors, and a few different programs that were essentially like buying gift cards in advance. and then the rest was a loan. Um, so it's self-funded and it's maintained, like the day-to-day is maintained through the operation of the restaurant. So I haven't had additional funding um, after we opened, which I don't want to ever have to need additional funding after we open, right? But um, with with COVID, we're really lucky to have access to the um, the payroll protection program, um, which has been a little odd and hard to navigate, but it's still, you know, it's, it's kept us moving forward over these past few months and helped me to not have to make some really difficult decisions about staff and offerings. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to slim down the menu and cut the staff um, down to nothing. We kind of all got together at both shops once COVID hit and we were like, okay, what do we want to do? You know, I want to hear everybody. How, how scared are you? Like, what are you, what do we need? What do we need to do? Like I will close tomorrow or we stay open with provisions in place so that everybody is as safe as possible and people want to stay open. And it not only to make sure that we had vegan offerings in the mix during this time, Um, but also for staff, there's staff that for many different reasons, either couldn't access, um, as much, uh, unemployment as they would have needed, um, or they really weren't in a great position to be able to, to leave. So 
meaning like they'd make more money by staying on uh, and there's still more opportunity for them. And then we had people that just didn't want, to, <laughs> didn't want to stop working just because of the stress. They wanted to have something to do. And this was really the only way you could get out of your house, right. you know? And like, yeah. <laughs> I, I talked to people who were like, I've only seen three people since April. And I'm like, wow, my, my life is very different. And I'm really grateful to have such an amazing opportunity. Um, I'm grateful that everyone has been safe and that everybody is as taking it as seriously as as it needs to be yeah for sure for sure no it's brilliant thank you for sharing that so just to wrap up then we're we are obviously I know you just touched on about your your five-year plan that you know has changed whether we are living still in a time of great uncertainty I know there's kind of moves to kind of open back up again but then you know there might be a second or a third but we're just not sure you know we're still in a, in a period of uncertainty so what what plans have you got for the future or what what are you anything you want to share with us about um yeah how you plan to to go forward yeah, we have a couple of different programs that are coming out. I'm doing uh, some online classes for after, kind of like after school of all ages, you know, just baking basics. Um, and that will start the third week of September. Um, and that will be accessible on Sticky Fingers website. We have a series of videos that we started just before everything kind of closed. So there are four videos, kind of like fun, tongue in cheek, how to, um, again, basic baking skills on the Sticky Fingers website. And really making sure that we are a full resource, right? So you can get gifts from us, you can get mixes from us, you can learn how to bake, you can get our baking book, just really being the go-to place for your vegan baking skills. That's really what we had started to um, really put into place in terms of sticky fingers. Farewell is really fun. It is an amazing place, but it doesn't exist without being open, <laughs> right? It right. doesn't really exist as its original vision. So kind of taking specific items from the mix of what we have done, like our cheeses or some of the seitans, um, handmade meats that we've done, seitan meats, uh, and make and offering those as like an artisanal item. That's that's kind of more of, of what we're doing. But with the sticky fingers, I still envision you know being able to expand that with a larger reach in terms of wholesale, in terms of the online and virtual and having a smaller footprint in front enables us to have a larger production space in the back. Mm, I love that. that. It does. It makes absolutely perfect sense. And I love that. And I think that's really what we're starting to see is that businesses are having to really become a strong brand rather than just a business, like just a bakery or just somewhere that someone goes to, you know, sit and eat is that you're really kind of uh, creating the brand and, and having your book, like you say, you know, the, the cookbook and you as a personality, you know, the Food Network Cupcakes Wars winner, which I think just sounds fabulous. That's such a cool title. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I 
love that. I love that you've 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 added that in. You know, what would you say the videos and everything? Because of course, that's great content to then share on social. That isn't just kind of buy our stuff, buy our stuff. It's kind of it's fun. It's you know, people are spent if they've got to spend time at home, they get something from you. But then you know, you're staying top of mind for when they are ready to to buy from you. So I, I love that. It sounds like you you're doing some wonderful things, and I really appreciate you sharing your insights. It's been wonderful catching up with you, Doran, and I'm um, looking oh, forward thank to. You for having me yeah it's a pleasure I'm looking forward to hearing more and maybe you know a, a little bit down the future as well and I'm sure you'll continue to grow but thank you so much for being on the show thank you so that's it for this episode of vegan business talk I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on as it helps to get it seen by more people. There are more free resources on the veganbusinessmedia.com website to help you in your quest to build and sustain a successful business. And if you'd like to work with me personally on promoting and growing your vegan business or brand, you'll find details on how to do this on the website at veganbusinessmedia.com and clicking on the Work With Me menu link. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.